in this time, we have a lot of uncertainty. And as we enter this season of Thanksgiving, where we are called to be grateful, we are called to be thankful for what we have. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at grieving and giving thanks. This morning uh, is not part of a sermon series we're calling this morning in Josh's sermon next week, a season of in transition, which fits the board meet, the members meeting that we just had this morning. Our church is in a season of transition, and this sermon is a sermon in transition. Let me pray before we get started. Dear Lord, I pray that you are with us this morning. I pray that you are with those suffering from sickness, whether that be from COVID or for something else. I pray that you are with and you comfort um, the, um, those older members of our congregation and the older members of our broader community. I pray that you're with them as um, they have to be extra careful this, during this time and they may not be able to see family members during this Thanksgiving season. And I'm sure this time of having to have extra precautions is a very lonely time for many. So we pray that um, you are with them and you can comfort them. We pray that you could be with us this morning and we pray uh, for the Holy Spirit to help show us how you want us to lean on you as we lament. Amen. This morning we're going to be looking at Psalm 42. Psalm 42 is this song of, Psalm of lament, where the psalmist cries out to God. This morning we're going to look at how we are called to lean into our grief. We are called to name our losses, to put a name on what we miss that we no longer can do. And through all this, we are called to lean on God, while also holding intention how we are called to give thanks. So I'm going to read Psalm 42 from the New Living Translation. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Day and night I only have tears for food, while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among crowds of worshipers, leading a great procession to the house of God, singing for joy and giving thanks amid a sound of a great celebration. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even from the distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mazir, I hear the tumult of the raging seas. But as your waves and surging tides sweep over me, each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And through each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. O God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? 
Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? They taunt, break my bones, they scoff. Where is this God of yours? Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. In this year of this year, this time of many changes, this year, this time of many losses, we all have some sense of what verse 4 said. We all have some sense of our hearts breaking as we remember how it used to be. Verse 4 says, My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I remember how I walked among crowds of worshipers. I remember singing for joy and giving thanks amidst the sound of a great celebration. My heart is breaking how I remember how I, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. This, this season that we are in, caused by the need for us to be cautious, the need for our broader community to be cautious, or to make sure that we stay safe, has caused a lot of changes in our life. It has caused us to lose the ability to do many things that we enjoy. For some, we reflect on what it was like being able to, say, just work in a school system or be in a school system normally without having to worry about if school is going to be canceled for the next week. Remember what it's like to be able to meet in meetings face-to-face instead of Zoom meetings. Remember what it was like for those living in retirement homes to be able to not have to worry about staying isolated. For those living in retirement homes to be able to visit people normally. Remember what it was used to be like in our church before we had to worry about staying safe. Before we had to worry about all the things that COVID has caused us to have to change and have to deal with. Remember what it was like back before all this happened, back when everything was seemingly normal. My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. See, for all of us, it's in our DNA to want things to stay the same. No one wants change. No one wants new. We like what we have. We like the consistency. We like the repetition. We like the familiarness of it. In our lives, we like the consistent repetitions. We like, say, waking up at the same time. We like our morning routines. We like our patterns of how we do things. We like having a home and calling it and knowing that you're safe there. Like from when my family moved, it was a big sense of transition. I missed my old house for a long time. For us here, we like the repetition of gathering together on a Sunday morning. We like that consistency in our week. And when we weren't able to meet in person for a long time there in the spring, that caused a lot of change in us. It's in our DNA to want things to stay the same. It's normal. The people that like change, the people that like new things all the time, 
They're the minority. Those people are kind of crazy to me. I like consistency. I like things to stay the same. And that's how most people are. And that's how we naturally are. With these sense of losses, with us unable to do, with our lives changing, with us, say, unable to meet with our broader extended family over this Thanksgiving time, with a sense of loss comes grief. We all have grief. We all grieve when we have losses. The question isn't whether we are grieving or not. The question is, what are we doing with our grief? The question is, is our grief causing us to grow closer to God, or is our grief causing us to go into deeper layers of bondage? With our grief, we see in the Psalms, we see throughout the Scripture, that God wants to comfort us through our grief. In our grief, we should sit with God, as we read how the psalmist did in Psalm 42. We are called to sit with God and give God and let God know how we actually feel. But on the other hand, grief can lead us into deeper layers of bondage. Deeper layers of bondage means saying unhealthy unhealthy habits. We all grieve. We all grieve in different times and in different ways. Grief can show up as sadness, depression, anger, control, busyness, rage, or we can turn to addictions or to unhealthy habits. When the word addiction makes us think oftentimes of drug use or alcohol use, and for surely those are really... um, difficult things, but there's also other addictions that people cope with, or we could say other unhealthy habits. See, when we grieve, we have these emotions that pop up, anger, sadness, other emotions. And those emotions, we need to turn those emotions, we need to feel those emotions. Because if we don't feel those emotions, if we don't take those emotions to God, those emotions can cause us to turn to unhealthy things say, watching a lot of television, say, eating a lot of food to comfort us. Some people can become exercise-aholics, can just exercise all day, every day to help um, them cope with their emotions. Some people turn to work and become workaholics. In our grief, if we don't handle our grief, it can lead us into deeper bondage. Into deeper bondage means being wrapped up and being a place far away from God, being an an unhealthy place. This morning, it's, I'm really sad that Katrina can't be here with us this morning because she was going to be sharing this message, and this message is something that is near and dear to Katrina's heart. Um, learning from her over these past couple months, working with her over these past couple months, and just knowing her for the two years I've been here. Katrina is someone that is really good about recognizing other people's emotions. Katrina, while she's not perfect, really understands her emotions better than a lot of people do. And she is good at helping people recognize and work through their emotions. And so for me, sharing this message this morning is a little, 
little uncomfortable for me because I'm no expert in working through grief. I'm no expert in working through emotions. My gut instinct when I have tough emotions, when I'm grieving, is just to shut it all down. I'm in the very early process of trying to understand and work through my emotions. And I wish Katrina could be here to kind of share from her experience that she's a lot better with this, but I think together we can all reflect on how we grieve and reflect on how we cope with our losses. We need to be willing to feel our emotions. For me, when I have difficult emotions, my gut instinct is to shove them back down. Crying is a sign of weakness, which is what I, t- is what I tell myself. If I'm, a, say, a fourth grader playing in recess and I start crying, all the kids are going to taunt me. I can't cry. Crying is a sign of weakness. And so even to this day, my gut reaction when I have emotions is to shut it back down. When I was uh, in college, I was playing soccer. Soccer has been something I've played all my life. In my sophomore year of college, I suffered from a series of back concussions, and it um, well, affected me pretty bad. Um, my head hurt for a while, but even after I got better from my concussions, I wasn't able to really go back to soccer as I was before. I wasn't able to play soccer at that level again. And I didn't think it was too big of a deal. I thought I could just go on with life. I thought I could just go on. I'm like, well, no one can't play soccer, but I'll go on. I didn't realize how much of a loss it was for me. I didn't realize that the loss, what the loss of soccer was on in my life. I enjoyed doing it so much. It gave me so much of a sense of purpose. I enjoyed being part of a team so much, and I no longer could play. I had to sit on the sidelines and watch. And I thought I was going to be fine. I thought I could just keep going. But I really had to sit down and understand the loss that I had. I had to sit down and spend time with God, spend time alone to understand how that loss was affecting me. I had to name that loss in my life. Oftentimes, we don't want to name our losses. We will pretend that everything is fine. These are some reasons why we don't want to name our losses. We can see naming our losses as a lack of faith. We may not want to name our loss because our American culture tells us to just keep going. We haven't learned, we're not very good at pausing in our American culture. Our church culture, sometimes, whether our church culture tells us this or not, sometimes we think to ourselves that we are called to just always keep rejoicing in the Lord. We are told we are always to keep rejoicing. We are always to keep thanking the Lord. We are to stay in a constant state of rejoicing and thanksgiving with the Lord. So it may seem wrong to us to grieve and to mourn and be sad. Another reason why we are hesitant to name our losses is because our family, whether they try to or not, may have accidentally taught us to 
not deal with our losses. And another reason we have difficulty naming our losses is it's just easier for some personalities than others. It's important for us to name our losses, to take time and reflect upon what we miss. Change is not something that comes easy to us. It's not something that comes easy to anyone. And so when we're forced to change, when we are forced to say, for some people that cannot gather with their extended family for Thanksgiving, when they're forced away from that meaningful tradition, it's hard. And if we don't reflect upon the sadness that comes with, saying not being able to gather for Thanksgiving, if we don't reflect upon that, it can cause us grief, and it can cause emotions, and we need to allow ourselves to feel that grief and allow ourselves to feel those emotions. And most importantly, we are called to turn our grief to God. The scriptures show us that grieving or lamenting is a real part of our lives. Over a third of the Psalms are laments. Some are communal and some are individual laments. There's an entire book of the Bible called Lamentations. And Jesus cried out in the Garden of Gethsemane, expressing his agony over needing to go to the cross. Grieving is a difficult, of life, is a difficult part of life. In our time of grieving, as we feel these emotions, as we name our losses, we need to turn to the Lord. It's a constant theme in the Bible of people lamenting, of people turning to God, crying out to God for help. We're just coming out of the sermon series that we called Touching the Father's Heart, where we looked at how the Father trusts us, the Father cares for us, the Father comforts us, the Father serves us, the Father holds us accountable, and how the Father loves us. With that, the Father, what we talked about is how the Father wants to sit next to us. Just as a parent sits next to their kid and comforts their kid, the, our Heavenly Father wants to sit beside us. Our Heavenly Father wants us to feel our emotions. Our Heavenly Father wants us to share with Him how we are feeling. We can see throughout all Scripture that naming our losses is important. In Psalm 42, we see the psalmist expressing and naming his losses and being honest in his pain and in his grief. Katrina has five points on grieving. First point, grieving takes time. It's not one quick and done thing. For me, as I work through my emotions... What I like to do is I like to go take a hike in the woods. Or as I talked about earlier in the members meeting, I like to go to my woodlands. And I like to think that if I just take one hike in the woods, I can work through my emotions and everything will be done. It's not that simple. Grieving takes time. Second point is not a one-time act, piggybacking off the first point. It's a constant process for us to grieve, for us to work through the losses we have in our life. Grieving, point three, it gives us permission to feel. Point four, grief often requires community. 
An example of this is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus calls his disciples to pray with him. That one's tough for us right now because our sense of community, that's not a given right now. Point five, grieving. God joins us in our grief. God sits with us. God understands the pain that we are going through. We often don't want to pay attention to our grief and pain because we are afraid that we might be swallowed up if we do so. The good news of Christ is that Christ has been through the darkest places of pain and struggle. Christ understands fully. Christ is near with us. He goes with us in our grief. Just as the psalmist says in Psalm 42, the Lord pours out his unfailing love upon me. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are with us as we grieve. Isn't this a time of giving thanks and being happy, though? We're talking about grief, but thanksgiving, isn't this a time for being happy? Isn't this a time for thanksgiving? Why are we talking about grief? Well, we need to be honest about our pain. We need to be honest with who we really are. We don't need to fake anything. How we feel are valid feelings, and Jesus wants to work with us in those feelings. And as we deal with our feelings, as we experience our losses, name our losses, then we can be thankful and we are called to be thankful for God's presence with us in our suffering. And we must be thankful for the hope that he extends to us. Psalm, I mean, laments follow a pattern. And the pattern of the ments is the psalmist opens up with a lament. But by the end of pretty much every lament in the Bible, the psalmist turns to God and thanks God for what God has done in their lives. The psalmist turns and expresses their trust in God throughout everything. We are called to lament just as the psalmist laments in Psalm 42. And as we lament, we express our trust in God. We thank God for him being there with us. In Psalm 42, I don't know what you call it. I would call it a chorus. I'm sure there's a better poetry term to call it. But verse 5 and verse 11 is what I would call the chorus. It repeats in verse, verse 5 repeats to verse 11. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? The psalmist laments. The psalmist feels their emotions with God. But then the psalmist turns, faces God, and says, but I will put my hope in God. I will praise God again, my Savior and my God. In this season of Thanksgiving, we are called to be thankful. We are called to put our trust in God, but we are also in this season that we are in as a church community, a season that we are in as a people, we need to feel our emotions. And as we do that, as we lament to God, at the end of it, we turn to God and we thank God for all that He has done. I want to have a moment of reflective time here where I want us to reflect upon some of the losses that we have had. 
reflect upon what we miss from, what, from what, how things used to be. I want us to reflect upon what it was on how much we miss, say, being able to do normal things without all the complexities that we face in life right now. These times have affected some more than others. For some, there's not too many changes. For others, say, in the healthcare profession, there's a lot of changes. Say, those working in schools or going to schools, there's a lot of changes. For those living in retirement communities, there's a lot of changes right now. Say, maybe not being able to go visit family for Thanksgiving, that's a really hard thing. For those living in retirement communities, having to be extra cautious. And so I want to take some time for us this morning to reflect upon our losses. What is it what are you missing during this time? And this can start a process of grieving. And worship band, if you want to come forward and start playing softly, I will close this in prayer after a little bit of time. Dear Lord, I pray for your presence to be felt here among us. I pray that your comfort, your comfort can be felt. I pray for courage. I pray for strength for us to be able to feel our emotions. I pray for courage for us to be able to name our losses and to be able to come to grips with some of the difficulties in our life. I pray that we can be unified together. I pray that we all can lean on each other, either people in this congregation or other people in our lives. I pray that we can lean on each other, however that looks like in this season, so that we together can come together. I pray that we can trust in you and thank you through all of this. Amen.